And we're back with part two of the Scobro show. And it's funny because I know I don't want to have to explain this every time. I don't want to explain every show, but then Michael didn't explain it. And someone gave him a hard time. Why are you guys split it? Yes. I understand some people when it comes to podcasts have no problem sitting down and listening to a 60 minute podcast. But what we got as an overall feedback was that people like to have, you know, about half that time so that they would rather have two podcasts that are 30 minutes rather than one that's 60. We know the YouTube, we're not going to cut you guys short. We're going to keep rolling. So uh, like Jeffrey says, great intermission. That guy was, that was awesome. Um, got, you know, um, should have taken a drink in there if I needed to. Oh, yeah, um, I should have. You should have. You should have made the bugs be quieter in the background. So we didn't even give the audience enough time to get up and go get a drink out of the fridge. Yeah, I know. That's what we should have done. Okay. Um, Dallas is saying needed that popcorn for intermission. You know, get your popcorn ready. But uh, we're talking secondary tonight. Uh, because it was the big day of secondary players today with hearing from Steven Nelson and from Coach Austin and from Minka Fitzpatrick. So we talked corners, and you got to love it. And the Steelers came in, and they had those strong corners. You were there in week two when the two corners yep. were on the field, but there was still seemed to be something missing. It and was. the Steelers are like, you know what? Well, you kind of knew after week one, with Cameron Kelly coming in from the AAF, that it was, you know, coming in his very first game with the NFL, having to start against Tom Brady, that was someone that was in over their head. And so then yeah. Sean Davis returned. And I'm wondering, even if Sean Davis wouldn't have got hurt, you pull that trigger if you're the Steelers? I do. Oh, absolutely. Um, that that you bring in the, the now all-pro safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. Rich, what did that mean to this defense? All right. Oh, it's, it meant the world to this defense. But what was funny was the number of people at the time that threw a fit at that trade because we gave up a number one. Yeah. Okay? We gave up a first-round pick to get him. Now, stop and think a minute about what kind of deals have been going on in the NFL here of late. Yeah, look at uh, look at uh, the Jamal Adams deal. <laughs> that was you know, two first round picks, <laughs> right? Suddenly we've gotten some deals where we're giving up two first round picks for a guy for a so, player uh, that, that only had two years left. One of which was the fifth year option. I mean, they got they got Mika for another year with that. I know. Yeah, and so so to me, you know, some people were upset at the time. I knew Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's – I don't follow a lot of college football. I don't pick up guys until the combine typically is where I start really mm-hmm. to look into a lot of college players. Yep. And Minka was a name that was on my radar back then. So yep. I was like, you know, th- this, is a, this guy is for real. This guy can play. And you watch a little tape and you're just like, oh, yeah, his skills – translate to the next level easy right yeah so when there was the chance yeah there was talk oh he's not happy he wants out this and that another one of those where it's like oh man i'd get wouldn't it be cool to see the steelers get a guy like that and the next thing you know well we're not there going west again we're not yeah. going west again right we weren't we weren't wishful thinking since i had uh, my bad my bad bad joke i guess i should so say we were willing and gave up a first round draft pick for him 
And again, at the top, look, I know what people were thinking because we did it right after Ben went down. Everything was going well. Oh, we're going to need that for a quarterback next year. We're going to need for a quarterback. It's going to be a top five pick. It's going to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Nope. Funny that didn't turn out, you know. So so as as that pick dropped down further and further and further. Um yeah. And I let me distract you by bringing that up on screen. I'm just uh, bringing it up before it I leave. Totally distract me because Jeffrey's got it totally right. Yeah. So go ahead. Because he said Jamel Adams is worth it. If we knew what Minka would be, he'd have been worth two first round picks as well. And honestly, Minka did not look good in week two. When, right when the Steelers traded for him. He didn't. But I don't blame that all on him. You know, I really don't. I, I didn't look at – honestly, when we made that for him, I didn't look at either game he had played. Yeah, I didn't look at anything from last year, either game before he played. I just knew he was a guy that I thought could play. Yeah, and I mean, if Minka comes in and let's say he struggles more than he did in, in Miami – then we're like, oh, that was such a bad trade. You know, it's terrible. Uh-uh. He comes in and he's all pro. And I did I did an article on that one today because um, from hearing the stuff from Minka Fitzpatrick, listening to the call, because he talked about the question was, what made it so easy for you to come in? And he's like, they just told me to do what I do. They didn't try to overcomplicate things for me right away. They didn't, they knew I was going to make mistakes. They knew I was going to miss, you know, because he came in with just a handful of practices and he's out there for every snap of the very first week. And they're like, just go play football. You know, hey, go out there, show us what you can do. We'll work on improving stuff as we, as we move along. And him just being a natural football player was so good. I don't know that they wanted to change that very much throughout the season. Just kind of say, just do you. So now they can scheme some other things to do whatever he's ready to do. Minka Fitzpatrick is is he's going yes, to get him, they're, they're going to get him to their scheme, but I think they also because of how that worked with him last year, they learned so much about him. They're going to be able to work their scheme to what they were seeing as his strengths. Yeah, and and he's he knows so much what he's doing. He studies so much film and he he puts in the time and. He's he's real back there. And everyone's like, oh, he's such a great communicator back there. He gives credit to that for to Terrell Edmonds. You know, the Terrell Edmonds is often back there being the one being the communicator. And I know there's a lot of people, and I saw Wes is in here now because he likes to just hate on Terrell Edmonds. Everyone's like, we need to cut Edmonds. I'm like, why would you cut Edmonds? Edmonds is not a bad safety. He's not. He's just not living up to where he was drafted. He's not His living up to that pedigree. Which yeah. everybody, when we drafted him, said we drafted him too early. Said yeah. he was a different round pick. Okay. Yeah. If you thought he was a late second round pick instead of a first round pick, okay, then let's think about how well he plays as there. His play is probably closer to where most people think he should have been drafted versus where we drafted him. Yeah, where he did actually we, was Did drafted. we draft him correctly? Probably no. not. But he's well, what we got. I did an article that was over a year ago where it was, you know, if if guys were different places, went different places in the draft, how would we view them? I flat up switched Mason Rudolph and, and Terrell Edmonds. Because I'll be honest with you, I wanted Mason Rudolph in the first round. Um, I'm glad they got him in the beginning of the third um, just because I thought, hey, 
you know, that was still when Ben was talking, you know, wishy-washy at times and, and, and thought it'd be, it'd be, cause he was a guy that definitely needed a year for sure. So this was, you know, before Mason Rudolph took the field last year, my, my whole notion was so many people are like, Rudolph can't be the answer. He's a third round pick. He can't be the answer. He's a third round pick. I'm like, why don't you actually let him play first before you decide if he could be the guy after Ben? Now we saw him play and now we have a better way to say that, but to say that simply based on where he was drafted, the Steelers could have, it's, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that the Steelers could have taken Mason Rudolph in the first round and Terrell Edmonds in the third. They would have felt a lot different about both players. One, oh, people yeah. would people would want to be giving Rudolph more of a chance to show what he is because he was a first-round pick. And people would have think that Terrell Edmonds, what, especially as a rookie and beyond, is just, wow, what a steal. That we're getting this many snaps out of a guy from the third round already. So, um, and that's just what it was. So, that's the biggest thing about, about Terrell Edmonds. And I'm not going to knock on Terrell Edmonds. I want to see him come out there and make plays. No, he does not play the ball well in the air. Jeffrey's broken this down for us a bunch of times. He does not play the ball well while it's in the air. But he does a lot of other things well. And the Steelers, it's kind of funny because the way I look at it is the Steelers are trying to play to their to their best players' best strengths. And it seems like somebody is going to have to kind of take one for the team and not always get to play for their strengths because they're covering other people's weaknesses. And a lot of times that ends up being Terrell Edmonds. Go ahead and read that one, Rich. Okay, so Doc Holliday says he's more of a box safety they thought could develop some coverage skills. Yeah. And and I, I think that's still evident in, his, evident in his game. As you said, he does not always play the ball well in the air. That's why, And that's part of the reason he's more safety and was – Never a corner. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, we talked about, you know, different, you know, hey, you know, the one year we had to move Carnell Lake down and play corner half, you know, for half the year. And he did that. Would you ever even think you could begin to do that with somebody like Terrell Evans? No. No, because that's, no, that's not the type of player he is. So, so it seems like he does have strengths, but because of a lot of times with his athleticism that he's not always playing to his strengths, he's playing in order to bring, you know, other people's strengths. I think just seeing him and Minka work together this year, you're going to, you're, this is going to be the key to be like Edmonds, what's going on? You know, is this a guy that's, that is worth keeping around long-term or not? This, uh, this year, I think is going to be a right. really big year for him. Now we yeah. already mentioned, go ahead. But I was, no, I, say, was, I was agreeing with what you were saying. You I was agree like, with what I was correct. saying. This is where I'm at. Edmonds is going. Mm-hmm. He's really into that that make or break. It's a are we going to keep him around or do we think we could easily replace him? Yeah, and 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 it may be that if we think we can easily replace him, he plays out his his rookie deal and he's done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I got to do the first part of this. And it just skipped ahead on me. Jeffrey said this Edmonds was drafted to play with Sean Davis, who was a true cover one, deep, deep zone safety. Then he said, he is a strong safety. Minka isn't that cover one guy. So Edmonds has to learn to be deep more. So in other words, what Edmonds was brought in to do, he now is doing something different. So very interesting. I mean, I know, but I, I still think his play got so much better last year once we had Menka. Of course. Well, I, just think about that. 
if Terrell Edmonds, I mean, you would have to say he's the weakest link in the secondary. Right. I know. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily a terrible thing. So he's going to have to make plays because teams are going to go after him because who else you want to go after instead? So very interesting. And then you throw, like I say, throw Cam Sutton in there to this, into the whole safety discussion with the way coach um, coach Austin was saying about how versatile he is. They're going to be using some very different coverages. And I know, so I still feel that Edmonds is going to be more of what you call your dime backer, you know, where you, where you're, He's kind of playing that extra linebacker role that's also doing coverage. Um, extra but, linebacker role, co- covering tight ends, coming across the middle, um, and, and that kind of stuff, I, I very much could see. Yeah, it's just that right now it just seems that the Steelers has the secondary that works. The biggest fear is what happens if you have the either the COVID or the injury bug rears its ugly head what what are you going to do you be quiet no i i'm I'm still saying i'm still saying cam sutton helps to answer a lot of those question marks it helps it helps to have a a really versatile guy back there so yes if something happens yeah you got a guy that could play corner could play safety could you know yeah so I, I think the Steelers have options, and um, then they still have young guys like Justin Lane. Who knows who's going to be filling out the rest of the safety room? Because once again, you've got a, another guy that the question – it's funny because as soon as the Steelers signed him, everyone wanted to know if he's going to be the starter over Edmonds. Now, my question isn't, is he going to be the starter over Edmonds? I even had, had you know people emailing me out. I'm like, is he going to make the team? And that's Curtis Riley um, who played safety – and corner. So he's another one of those guys. Which room is he really going to be in for the Steelers? Or is he going to be like a Sutton that he's just kind of like a guy that's out there, more of a special teams guy. But if you have guys that add to your depth by being able to play corner and safety, that's just a bonus because the Steelers generally keep 10 defensive backs on the, on the squad. Right. So then if you're talking about one or two, one or two or three guys that can play both. You're talking about maybe that's a position where they could, they could, that's where they could squeeze out keeping another running back, maybe from the secondary. I don't know. I'm not saying they should, but I'm no. just saying the more versatile your guys are, the better off you could be. Yep. Yeah. So. If you got a guy or two that could play both positions, that just opens up that maybe instead of 10, you can keep nine. Yeah. But, I'm fine if they keep ten. I don't know that you need to keep eleven. Because the other thing I is, I trust them to do what they. You know, I I trust the coaching staff to do what they feel is best with the team when it comes down to who we keep and who they go. Um, we gotta. I mean, you gotta trust them. Um, yes, I know that we're we're uh, there are a lot of people out there worried that we're we're talking defense tonight, but I'll bring it up anyway that we're gonna you know keep Ryan Switzer around when they think we should get rid of him, but. Yeah. Um, again, I, I want to try, trust the coaching staff to make the decisions there that they feel does the best for the team. Yeah. You, so if they think we need 10 defensive backs, not questioning it. Yeah. So the, the so it's going to be one of those things of what do you bring to the table? You know, you bring up the Ryan Switzer thing as a parallel. What does he bring to the table that the Steelers don't already have? I've always said he catches the ball really well. He doesn't drop the ball. 
So that that's something that, and that's why he's you know got such a rapport with Ben Roethlisberger's because when Ben throws in the ball, he doesn't drop it. So you got to ask these secondary guys, what do they bring to the table? If you're bringing to the table somebody that could fill in in so many different positions in the defense, that's something great to bring to the table. Um, right. Whenever they, whenever Justin Lane came back and they cut Breon Borders, I got uh, a text from behind the steel curtain deputy editor Michael Beck saying, "Does this mean that Trajan Bandy is going to be a lock for the roster?" I said. No, because I'm not convinced they're keeping six corners and four safeties like they have at times. They might be keeping five corners and five safeties. They might be keeping some younger guys around on the practice squad, which is now expanded and everything else. And they don't have to all be younger guys. They don't have to. We, I have more, more info on that coming on Thursday morning's audio um, show of, of Steeler Stat Geek about some various things with the roster. Some of the numbers we're going to talk about there. But you're going to want to have some of these extra guys there and, may, and maybe that's where they really keep the young guys. I don't know. You know, is Marcus Allen going to make this team after all but one week on the practice squad last year, one week on the roster? Is he going to be, or is he going to be another practice squad guy? You just don't know what they're seeing. We're not going to get to see it and that's it. So anything else you want to say here, Rich, before we uh, turn it over to some questions here for the last 10 minutes or so? No, just, I don't know, just after a little stretch there, it's so nice to talk about, you know, our secondary and where we're looking at our weaknesses in the secondary, thinking, wow, there would be a lot of teams that would love to be saying this is their weakness. Oh, I know. And it just, (laughs) it's funny because the secondary benefits from the quick pressure that the Steelers get up front. And the Steelers' quick pressure up front benefits from a good secondary that might have to make the quarterback hold the ball for another half a second. I mean, they play right off of each other. And it used to be so many times, you know, the Steelers are getting sacks, but all the sometimes it seemed like all the quarterback had to do was just chuck the ball out there. And they're probably and they might complete they're probably not going to get intercepted. They're probably going to complete it, or if not, there's going to be a pass interference penalty. So that's what they were doing sometimes to keep from getting sacked. Now can't do that. You got guys like Joe Hayden, guys like Micah Fitzpatrick, each with five interceptions each. Oh, and uh Minka. Minka projected that he would have six or seven interceptions this year in the call when they asked him. He's like, I want to take a step up. So we'll go six, maybe seven. You know, that's what he wants to see this year. So when you guys got got guys back there, you can't just say, oh, I better make this throw quick before I get hit or else that secondary is going to make you pay too. So super exciting to have this defense, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It is. We're going to open it up now if it comes up there to see if we have any questions rolling in here, things we want to talk about. It could be about the secondary or. Sorry, I was putting that one up there. (laughs) I'm going to skip on questions going. Okay. But that is true, Ryan. You know, love it from Minka. Love the, love the confidence. Love what he's going with. Okay. This is a good question from. ah! Sorry, I was trying to take that one off as you're bringing the other one on. Yep. I'm sorry. You were talking. So I was looking at the screen. Dallas says, what do you think the loss of the 12th man will have this year on the home games? Not just the home games, Dallas. Not just the home games. You don't mean to tell me that the Steelers were probably going to outnumber um, some of the, the fans in some of the other stadiums they traveled to this year, like um, always do. New York. I think they would have done all right there. Jacksonville, oh my goodness, that's always almost like a like Heinz Field South. And and a cu- a couple of those games. I mean, it's kind of it's it's tough to do it in division just because of what it is. But 
it's funny because yeah, it's nice to have that there to get the defense fired up. Um, there, it's hard to say if there's still going to be some fans in the stands. It's still a possibility, but I'm not, I'm not banking on it. But bottom line is, these guys are professionals. If if they can't get fired up, guess what? Neither is the other team. I mean, both teams are going to have to play it. You might lose some of your advantage at home, but that means you might be having more of an advantage on the road. So um, these guys just just uh, as as you get someone rip it roaring down the road there, bro. Um, that um, these these guys gotta gotta hype up each other, and I think they can do it with uh, with the energy that this defense has. What do you think, Rich? Um, t- totally agree with your take there. Um, there, there will be a few points in in games where the crowd makes an impact. Okay, that's gone. But if it's yeah. gone, it's going to be gone in a lot of places. Yeah. So, um, I'm not. The biggest thing to me is this just going to be weird. Yeah. But you know what would be even more weird? Sundays in the fall where you're not watching football. That would be more weird. So yes. don't – I'm not going to complain about no fans. Or I, mean, fans. I, I mean, have you watched some baseball? No. I've watched <laughs> watch some baseball. baseball. Oh, I watched, uh, I watched you know, four I mean, hockey I games that I wish I could forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't watched any hockey. I've watched baseball. Oh, okay. Just a few – look, you know me. I was a baseball guy. I love playing, yeah. love coaching. Kyle, Kyle plays, uh, and I've coached him, and so you know I've I've watched some baseball. It is weird listening to that pumped in crowd noise on the on the TV um, when you look out there and see empty stands. Yeah. Um, did you see the funny one that came we, up? I Rick saw Bernie. Bernie's Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie was in the stands. I, I love that one. So, all right, let's uh, let's roll through some of these quick here. We got Mule saying wants to see Bugs get a few snaps in in, uh, in game one, maybe five to ten plays. That would be great. Um, yeah. We'll see how how that all plays out. Uh, Mark wants to know: um, he's, um, Should Banner troops rotate at right tackle if neither guy cannot perform the other? I'm going to say no. Um, it would be really nice to say, hey, we'll have one in for pass protection, one in for run protection, but then you're saying what you're doing. You, you're just going to have to pick a guy and go with it. You really are. But here's what wouldn't surprise me here, okay? Let, let's say – They could change uh, it game to game. Correct. They yeah. could change game to game depending on what they're wanting to scheme or matchups mm-hmm. or let's say this, okay? Let's say we got something that – let's say Chooks wins the starting job. Mm-hmm. And we go getting ready to go into a game where it might benefit Banner a little more. Well, and they don't say, have that big pass rushing threat okay. there. But and yeah. let's say that it, in the meantime, Chooks is a little dinged and could use a breather for a week yeah. to, That's you know, you tweak the knee or something like yeah. that. You know, then of course, then you're going to go with Banner in there. If the matchup's favorable and, and Chooks would need. Then That's you do going it, to be you a situation if one of those guys, if whoever wins that job has anything on the injury report, misses any kind of limited in practice, you could very well see the other one in there, uh, which yep. is a good point. I'll, I really want this question from Ezra. Who are you most excited to, to, to win a ring? Pouncey, Hayden, Ben's third, or Tomlin's second? He says he's pulling for Pouncey. How about you? Um, 
Actually, no. I I know it's correct. Okay, I can have reasons for picking any of them. Yes. Okay. Of course, you know why you can pick Pouncy. Yeah. Hayden, you'd love to see Absolutely. the guy get one for us after having to suffer through the Browns mm -hmm. for the first part of his career. I actually would like, to, but if you maybe pick one overall, it's Ben. It has been third, okay? Because I am so sick and tired of hearing people talk about Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's just going to set them apart. I am yep. so sick and tired of hearing all the talk of them, and Ben's an afterthought. I could, that's, I could totally I see that. I want Ben to walk away with more Super Bowls than, than Eli. Mm -hmm. And keep Philip Rivers on zero. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I can I can go with that one. I think it would be good. Um, I think when it comes to players like Pouncey, DeCastro, Hayden, it's going to help build a resume for for when you when you're talking Canton in several years um, after they're done playing. So all those. I'm really bummed that Ramon Foster never got a ring. Yeah. Um, that's one I really wish could could get one. But um, that's why it's important to do it now because these guys are running out of chances. Um, Brad wanted to jump on with Dallas's question and say um, that Wes mentioned something last night about uh, there's going to have to be a complete change every every week in an au audible verbiage, probably because you're going to get so much audio on tape. Yep. So I think they did that a lot anyway because yeah, a lot the of possibility teams, yeah. of the tape or. Or you know you got to change stuff up, or you change up just enough that you that you make sense. Oh, is this what that means, or is it the opposite? You can never yeah, really hey, know. So that's you have to change it up from week to week. Dilly dilly, dilly dilly. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, as you go to Omaha, um, man, there's a lot of questions. We're not going to get to them. Okay. No, they are flying tonight. I've seen a few. Um, let's do some quick. Donald wants to know about. Assuming Gilbert is playing her on the roster, does Leo Lewis get on the practice squad? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say probably, unless they find somebody else. But I, I'd say, I mean, think about it. There's not gonna be many guys that if the Steelers fill their practice squad completely with guys that are on their roster now, I mean, you're talking about going from eight, you're 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 only cutting eleven guys. You're only yeah. cutting eleven guys. So the guys that don't make the 53 have greater than a 50% chance. I'll be on that practice squad. All okay. Right. Um, All right. Moving on. I got a quick double I got to do here. Okay. Real go. quick. Okay. Wes says, how many points do you think we will win the Super Bowl by? Okay. And uh, then, hold on, I'm going to find one. And Not Ezra follows that up. Uh, Wes, we'll, we'll score at least 30. At least 30. Which they didn't do last year. Yep. So, so um, got that. Some, some good stuff. Okay. Um, Dallas wanted to know then, do we draft the Castro's replacement soon? Did we already in did, Dotson? We, we might have. You know, you don't, but I mean, you got to have two guards. So the question is who plays right guard after DeCastro? DeCastro was saying, hey, you know, this could be Al's last year. He's on the last year of his contract and he's getting up there. You know, Pouncey and I, we're, we're old too. You've got to, you've got to enjoy this ride while you've got it. So get a win for those guys. I, I, I'd really like to see that. Okay. Um, lots of people chiming in on their, on their Super Bowl. Um, so, uh, anything else you see there? Okay. That's more snaps at linebacker, UG3 or Edmonds? Well, 
the thing is, when you're in dime package, can you really call Edmonds a linebacker? I know. So I don't know about that. I mean, so I'm going to say at linebacker, I'm going to say UG3, because anytime Edmonds is on the field, I'm not going to call him a linebacker. Unless there's, you know, unless it's really, really obvious. So that's that's really tough to say where they're really playing. I understand. Great question, Ryan. I understand your point. I, but it's going I to be tomato, tomato, and what yeah. people call it. Yep. So it all depends on who's classifying, if it's a snap, it's safety, or, or linebacker. You know, who's snap, whose database you're looking at is what's going to depend on more. So, but I think UG3, I'd like to see him get a good bit of snaps at, at linebacker this year, too. So, yeah, I would um, as well. Um, and I, he's going to get some. Uh, he's a guy I'm going to expect to see mm-hmm. get some snaps this year. We're going to, I'm going to bring up one last question before we get out okay. of here from, from Tyler. And that is because it comes back to our topic. Should we expect any regression from Hayden this year, or do you think he will be as good or better than last year? When you get to be someone that age, that's really tough to think that they're going to continue to improve. I don't think we're, I don't think Joe Hayden, his trajectory is upward still because of the time he is in his year. It's how many quality years can you still get with him with the age that he's at? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking they got another quality year from him. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Hayden's got a two to three more total. Yeah, where he could still be a starting level caliber cornerback. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. So with that, let me do the quick rundown. Make sure you're checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, lots of stuff coming out there. I mean, my goodness, I'm trying to think. We had. We had at least a dozen articles today. We, we Lots of stuff out there for you. With one Jefferson Hartman being back, you're getting stuff from him and from me. And there's just a little – there's something for everybody. Uh, whatever you out there. You know, another great article, article from uh, Kevin Smith today. Then you also have our podcast coming up. You have um, Beck and Black coming with their – um, second show tomorrow night. If Michael doesn't mess up the name again, uh, you know, when he said Beck is yeah. black, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, um, he's like, Your first show, we'll get it with him and Jeffrey. They, had some really they were great stuff. last week, they really mm-hmm. were. And then we got the preview. Uh, Jeff is out this week, he's away on vacation. Uh, he's still doing his, his audio shows, but he's not going to be live with us Thursday night. Uh, so I don't don't know what bad I have in store for that one. And then Michael's back with a live mic on Friday. Tony with his Saturday show. Bad with his tales from 2 a.m. on Sunday. And then you're back with the Steelers Q&A with Brian and Tony on Monday. And you and I coming in on Tuesdays. Anything else you want to say here, Rich, for the good of the order? Oh, no, just thank you again, folks, in the live chat. Just, man, they keep, they keep me busy trying to keep an eye on what's going on out there. I know. Great Love stuff. It. Great stuff. We really enjoy this time with you all. So thank you very much. Hey, if you haven't already, hit that like button on YouTube. If you're listening to this in audio form, make sure you give that great rating and just uh, continue to, to subscribe to the channel. We'll see you all next time.